Jesus is high in all the earth. There is not a place in all the universe where Jesus is not exalted. There's not a place in our hearts where Jesus should not be exalted. There's nobody like him. And so if you thought you were here for somebody else, I want to tell you you're here for Jesus. You were made by Jesus. You owe him your praise and your worship. So may he be high in all the earth and high in our hearts. Stand with me today. We're going to be in the book of John, verse 6 through 8. We'll be with you for a few minutes. Let's read this verse together. I'll get you started, y'all. Read it like you mean it now. Y'all there? All right. There was a man... pray. Heavenly Father, we are grateful to you. We were in darkness, and you sent the light, that eternal light, that beautiful, matchless light, Jesus the Christ. You sent that light into the world to die. And through his death, through his burial, through his resurrection, we have received light. We have received life. And we are grateful to you. Would you show him forth today? Would you use these moments to exalt your son? Would it not be about me? Would it not be about us? Would it be about him? Would we walk out of this place seeing the light more clearly? And because of him, by gazing at his matchless glory, may we be transformed. Yeah. Amen. You can be seated. I want to title this sermon today, The ID Card of a Witness. The ID Card of a Witness. One more time, the ID Card of a Witness. Um, For those of you who don't know me, I am an immigrant. What I mean by that is I was born in Jamaica, in rural Jamaica, in a little town, real small town called Santa Cruz. And I don't live there anymore. I live here now. And so at one point, my family immigrated from Jamaica to the U.S. And there's a process um, when you're an immigrant of going from being a foreigner, being an alien, to becoming a citizen. And it's quite an extensive process. But before that process was complete, I traveled. My family traveled back to Jamaica to visit family, to take care of business and do all kinds of things. We would travel on our Jamaican passports. And there's a very unique thing that happens when you are coming back into the country when you don't have a U.S. passport. And what happens there is you get a lot of scrutiny. You got to answer a lot of questions because you are a foreigner. They don't know who you are. What are you up to? Why are you coming into our country? And so I remember that, what that was like. But then back in 2001, we became citizens, and I got a little book, and that little book identified me as an American citizen. It's called a passport. And back in 2005, I traveled back to Jamaica, and when we were coming back into the U.S., I was struck by the difference. 
I was welcomed. Yeah. How you doing, sir? Where you been? Did you get anything nice? <laughs> no scrutiny, no questions. Why was that? Because I had that ID card. And that ID card said that I was a citizen. Yeah. I was a fellow citizen. There was no need to be afraid of me. I had the same privileges, the same responsibilities. I pledged allegiance to the same flag. I had the ID card that identified me as a member of the American nation. Well, believer, well, Christian, you too have an ID card. And that ID card has on it a description, and that description says you are a witness. That as part of this nation, as a member of the Christian people, that you are a witness. And you say, what pastor might be a witness? What is that about? Why do you say that witness is part of what it means to be a part of the Christian nation? And that's the question I want to answer today. And that's the question I believe that John the Revelator answers for us today as he focuses on another John, John the Baptist. He says of John that he was a witness, and I believe that the Holy Spirit inspired John the Apostle to write these words so we might have a model of what a witness looks like. And so we're going to spend in the few moments that we have together looking at that ID card of what it means to be a witness, what it means to carry the passport of the Christian people and to call yourself a witness. But lest you misunderstand me, let me make it clear, as John makes it clear, that this book is not about John the Baptist. It's about the Christ. In John chapter 20 and verse 30, he says, the book of John is about helping you to believe. I want you to see Jesus, he says. The book is about Jesus, magnificent, humble, mighty Jesus. He is the center of this book. But as he gets to talk about Jesus, he, he pauses for a moment in these few verses to introduce us to John the Baptist, a fellow witness, a fellow citizen of the Christian nation. And so we're going to look today at John's ID card, and it's not just his, but it's ours. So let's look at these verses. He says, first, there was a man. Now, why does he say that? Is he is he just focused on giving us some demographic details or just saying he was a man, he was a male, he lived at a certain point? I don't think so. Every word in the Bible is inspired. It's there for a reason. And to understand why he starts off with these few words of there was a man, you've got to look at what comes before. He starts off in John chapter 1 and verse 1, and he says, In the beginning was the word. Who was this word, John? He says, the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. He said, all things were made through him, through the word. Without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it, he says. And then he says, there was a man. What is he doing here? He's contrasting. He starts off telling you who Jesus is. And he says there was a man. Because the first part 
of carrying your ID card is that you must see yourself in light of who Jesus is. You cannot be a witness of the light unless you understand who the light is. Unless you understand who is this matchless word. Who is this mighty word. And so he gives us a description of the word. He says in John 1 that Jesus was already existing in the beginning. When there was nothing, there was Jesus. Before there were galaxies, there was Jesus. Before there were stars, there was Jesus. Before there was you, before there was me, there was Jesus. He is the great engineer of the cosmos. He is the great foundation of reality. There is none like him. He is the source of all that there is. There was Jesus, the matchless word, the one who was with God in the beginning, the one who was God, the one through whom God made all things. And then in verse 6, there was a man. This man was not in the beginning. This man was not God. This man is part of the creation. He is a creature made by Jesus. You and I, men and women, we are not God. We are made by him. We are made to serve him. And so before we can even begin to understand our identity, we must understand the one who made us, the one who issued our identity. We must know that he is the Christ, that he is the word, that he is the maker of all that there is. You must see yourself in light of who Jesus is. And why is this so key to understanding our identity? Let me talk a little bit about Jesus. You see, for most of history, the common belief was that the universe was eternal, that there was nothing that lasted longer than the universe. It had always been and it always would be. And this belief changed around the beginning of the 20th century because we learned some things about the nature of reality. We learned that the universe is expanding. We learned that if you do the math and you dial it back, it points to the fact that the universe had a start. And so if the universe had a start, then it's not eternal. But then the question is, from where did it come? What was there before? Because the universe is not just matter. The universe is space and time itself. That what came into being is literally time. Literally space. Nothing was there. And then there was something. From where does it come? And what the Bible tells us, what the Bible had spoken about for thousands of years, was that it came from Jesus. That it came from the Word. That the Godhead worked through Jesus. And so we now understand that all that we understand, all that we are, our very reality flowed from his mind and flowed from his power. When there was nothing, Jesus was. He is the great I am that I am. And so when you get to verse 6 and it says there was a man, you should feel your humanity. You should be aware of the fact that Jesus is a tidal wave of divine power stretching across space and time and you are but a speck on his beach. 
There is none like him. There was a man. This man was not the word. But it says next, he says, this man was sent from God. His name was John. So we must see ourselves first in light of who Jesus is. And we must see ourselves as sent by him, designed by him, crafted by him, made by him to be his witness. And there's something about that fascinates me about human design. I, I love artists, and I love, I'm not an artist myself, but I'm fascinated by them. And one of the greatest artists of uh, perhaps of modern history, or I guess you could say the modern era, is Leonardo da Vinci. Some masterpieces um, of his. One of the things that, with all these artists, they, they continue to discover sketches, drawings, or um, pieces of, of, of art that they had started to work on and moved on from. They, they didn't get it right the first time. But God is not like that. God doesn't do do-overs. He doesn't have to try things out first. And so when he crafts John, he is making him for a purpose. He is shaping him to be an effective witness. And I came here to tell you that God has shaped you, that God has sent you, that God has set you apart to be his witness. But you might say to me, no angel announced the time of my birth. I'm no prophet. Why would you call me a witness? Well, John was not the only witness. You too are a witness. You and I are witnesses. Turn with me over to 2 Corinthians that we read about last week. Chapter 5, verse 18, says this. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. And gave who gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to who? To us, the message of reconciliation. We are his witnesses. John was not the first witness, and he was not the last. The apostles were called to be witnesses. They were called to, to pass on that message, and that message has been passed on through the generations. And now it is with me, and now it is with you. We are his witnesses. We witness to the power of the Christ. We witness to the reality of the light, and all of us are called to be witnesses. Witness to what? To the fact that the word became flesh that the Word lived a perfect life, that he died a perfect death, that he hung on that cross, and that he was buried, and that he rose again, and that there is life in his name. We witness to that light. And think about the fact that God could have had any way of proclaiming his message that he wanted. He could have had his angels go out and proclaim it. He could have had the rocks cry out and proclaim it. But he didn't do that. He said, I'm going to save a people and I'm going to make them, I'm going to issue them an ID card of witness. Yeah. I'm going to give them a message to talk about. They will proclaim my gospel. Mm -hmm. God has ordained not to save apart from the preached word of the gospel. Yeah. He's called you out. He saved you. He's designed you so that you might preach his word. 
so that you might be a witness. But what, what exactly is a witness? What does that mean to be a witness? Look with me at verse 7. He says, He came as a witness to do what? To bear witness about the light. And what that says to us is that the witness has a subject. He has something that he's focused on. And as carriers of that ID card, we have a subject, a focus, right? That, that focus is the light. It's not me. It's not you. It's not my agenda. It is the light. It's not about my argument, my point of view on evolution. It's about Jesus. It's not about convincing you to my perspective on abortion. It's about Jesus. It's not about my politics. It's about Jesus. He is the subject of our witness. Don't try to disciple people to your point of view before telling them about Jesus. You have one subject. You have one topic. You have one light, and that is Jesus. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, it says, There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Your subject is Jesus. Your focus is Jesus. You are to bear witness about the light. So witnesses have a subject. They also have a purpose. It says that all might believe through him. And I'll, I'll give you an example here. I was reading and actually was on television as well. There was this man who was on trial for his life. And he needed an alibi. And so what he did is he, he phoned up his mother and he said, Mom, can you testify that I was sleeping on your couch? Because they've accused me of killing my wife and I think I was asleep on your couch when it happened. And so his mom came into the courtroom and they called her as a witness and she focused on him as her subject. She was talking about where he was. He was the focus of her witnessing. But her purpose, her purpose was his salvation. She wanted her son to be set free so he would not be condemned to death. And what's powerful about that is that our witness is not like that. Our witness is not about us because you and I, if we were on trial and they call the witnesses, they would condemn us. But our witness is about Jesus. But our purpose is the same. It is a salvation of those to whom we witness. And so we see here in this passage that John has a, pur a, a purpose. He said that all might believe through him. And so in focusing on that great subject, the light, our motivation is the salvation of our hearers. And what's powerful about this is that you got to keep your eyes on that purpose, the salvation of those to whom you are witnessing. How do we do that? What does that look like practically? Well, first, you got to take the gospel seriously. You will not witness, at least not effectively, if you are not absolutely convinced that Jesus is the light and that people are desperately, desperately, desperately in need of him. Not need him in the way that they might need wardrobe advice, but desperately need him. Need him the same way 
a drowning man needs to be pulled from the water. Need him the same way a child trapped in a burning building needs to be rescued. Need him the same way someone trapped in a collapsed building needs to be pulled from that rubble. Do you believe that people need Jesus that way? Are you convinced of the seriousness of their situation? Are you convinced of the reality of the gospel? Are you convinced that we are all in darkness and there is only one light? Are you convinced of the seriousness of the gospel? Because I know you wouldn't stand by and let a man drown. You wouldn't stand by and let a child burn. You wouldn't stand by and let a woman be crushed in the rubble. And so it's either you don't take the gospel seriously or you don't care about people. So which is it, witness? Do you take the gospel seriously? Do you care about those around you? If so, then tell them about the light. Be convinced that Jesus is the answer, that there is no other way that people can be saved but through believing in him. Cultivate a heart of great compassion for those who are lost. Know that he is their greatest need. Know that he is the answer to their greatest questions. And by the way, questions are one of the most powerful ways that you can witness. I have found in my own experience that simply asking a question can reveal a lot and start a discussion about Jesus. You might simply ask somebody, what do you believe? Are you religious? Why or why not? And then listen and ask more questions. But your goal is not to win an argument, avoid an argument. Because your point is not to win them over. Winning them over with your, your logic and your erudition will not save them. Jesus saves. So remember your subject. Remember your purpose. But ask questions. Pull them in towards Jesus. Find a way to bring up Jesus. Find a way to introduce them to Jesus. It's not that hard. You are a witness about the light. And so to walk in our identity, we must believe that Jesus is the way. That he is the subject. And the salvation of our hearers is the purpose. Next he says in verse 8, he says, He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The final thing to, to walk in our identity, to carry our ID card, is what we must be utterly convinced that we are not a means of salvation. Say it with me, I can't save anyone. He was not the light, Amen. but came to bear witness about the light. Yeah. There is only one light. And so be convinced that it is not you who say that there is nothing you can do. That you are merely a witness. Remember that it is Jesus who is the word. You are but a man, you are but a woman, but you are sent by God, designed by God to be a witness. And the powerful thing about this concept of an ID card is that when I became a citizen, there were some things I had to do. There were some things I had to pay a fee. I had to study 
American history and I had to take a test. I had to go to a particular place at a particular time and I had to swear an oath. And I had to pledge allegiance. And after going through all that, they gave me a certificate and it had my picture on it and it had the date when I took that oath and it said, you are now a citizen. It's called my naturalization certificate. And that identified me as a citizen. And I could pick up that certificate, I can show it to you, and I can talk about the things I did to earn that certificate, because it was a long road. My parents had to work a job they didn't want to work for 10 years to earn a green card. And then we had to wait another five years before we could apply for citizenship, and then we had to pay that fee, take that test, swear that oath to become a citizen. So I could say I earned my citizenship. But when it came to the Christian nation, there was nothing I could do. There was no fee I could pay. There was no test I could take. There was no oath I could swear that would grant me entrance into that great kingdom. But Jesus came. Jesus paid the price. Jesus took the test. Jesus ushered me in to that great Christian nation. He issued that blood-stained identity called the people of God. And so I'm proud today to be a witness to talk about Jesus, that matchless prince, the one who is the doorway into the Christian nation. Do you know about him? Do you know how he gave me that identity? He stepped down off his throne. He wrapped himself in flesh. He lived a life that I couldn't live. And then they hung him on that cross. They put nails in his hands, a crown of thorns on his head. They put nails in his feet. They put a spear through his side. And on that cross, he purchased my identity. Do you know him today? Can you witness to him? Can you witness to what he's done for you? Will you tell a world drowning in darkness that there is a light? Can you tell a world drowning in death that there is life? Jesus is the life. Jesus is the life. Jesus, he is our subject. There is none like him. And so I call on you, my fellow citizens, to witness, to talk about him, to lead people to him. To proclaim to a world that needs him that he has come and there is life in his name. Every head bow and every eye closed. Maybe you are here today and you've never heard about that light. And the things I've been talking about are strange to you. Well, I'm here to witness to you but the light has come. And that light offers you salvation for free. John says later, he says, we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The truth is that you and I have no way in, that we are sinners. The truth is we're destined for hell. But grace came. Grace came and grace says that 
though you don't deserve it, I have made a way for you to enter my kingdom. And so I extend that grace to you today as a witness of the light. Is there one who would receive him today? Simply slip your hand in the air if you would like to learn more about this light. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your Son, that matchless light who is the Christ. Thank you for sending him to deliver us from our darkness. Thank you for sending him to give us life. Amen.